Welcome to another Impact Drive Time presentation, a value-added feature designed to help you increase your bottom line. From Gateway Financial Advisors, Incorporated, GFA is striving to provide our partners the synergy, support, and motivation needed to achieve their maximum potential. Go to www.gfainvestments.com or call 888-939-9714 to find out how you can be part of the winning team of Gateway Financial Advisors, Incorporated. Now sit back and enjoy as Gateway Financial Advisors presents another Impact Drive Time presentation to help you increase your bottom line. Welcome to another Drive Time Impact Gateway podcast designed to help you increase your bottom line. I'm Shane Wessholter, the CEO and founder of Gateway Financial Advisors Incorporate and Gateway Insurance Group Incorporate. And at Gateway Insurance and Financial Services, we help you take the if out of life so you can live a quality life and maintain your dignity. Today, I've got a special guest, Marika Samajori, who's with us, um, one of our Gateway Associates, and has her own practice over in California. And she focuses on helping people, you know, plan for their futures and protect uh, their income. So, Marika, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, we want to begin uh, giving our, our listeners a little background on yourself, some of your personal background. So, your background, your child, childhood, and uh, what is one of the things that maybe you established over the years that you're very proud of. I'm going to turn it over to you and kind of let you give us your background. Well, I was born in the communist country of Hungary as the fourth of seven children. I grew up in the working class family in Budapest. Our humble means was provided by our father, who was a domineering person. Unfortunately, not very good to his wife and his children. When my grandmother saw the family situation my father created, she took me in at the age of five months and raised me by herself by making ends meet with hard work of cleaning and cooking. My grandma was an extraordinary woman, divorced, intelligent, strong, hardworking, and loved and protected her family. She was very strict, expected honesty, good ethics, and quality in whatever she or I was doing. We deeply loved each other. She taught me to work hard, be a good student, keep my word, and enjoy life. Unfortunately, I lost her when I was 22 years old, and that was absolutely devastating for me. Her influence was very strong in my life and shaped me who I am today. Even though I didn't have a good father, I had a very happy uh, childhood with my siblings. I spent immense amount of time with them, and my grandmother gave us a very peaceful, good life. Uh, all of them loved her just as well as I did. My higher education in Europe was in fashion and beauty. What am I proud of? I'm proud of that I was able to start my fashion business in Hungary at age 25, soon after my, I divorced my husband without any experience in business and marketing, and that I was able to support myself and my son. The divorce was very hard on me. It was a hard decision, both emotionally and financially because the entire burden fell on me and I even had to offer my ex-husband money that I borrowed from two of my friends 
just to get him out of my life. I needed to increase my income and I was very motivated to figure out a way to make it work. During the first two years, I did all the work by myself, which included buying materials, creating designs, cutting, assembling, sewing, marketing, selling and delivering the products to retailers. It was very hard work, but it was also rewarding and by the third year, I was able to hire employees. So my business was growing. At that point, I created the designs and made the samples, but my employees did the mass production and my taxi driver delivered the products. In the fourth year, I was able to buy a car for cash, but I kept the taxi driver for delivering the merchandise to save on traveling time. My business became very successful. A rare occurrence in my country where only a handful of people owned their businesses. And I had done this as a single mother by raising my child, getting up early to make him to swimming practice before school, to folk dancing after school, then cooking, playing with him, putting him in bed, reading him stories, then working into the late hours. Wow, you had you had a full life. Time was uh, probably very valuable, and you had to make the best of uh, every minute. So that, that shows me a little bit about who you are today and how you can uh, stay focused and juggle a lot of different things. I find it fascinating, the, the drive that you had at such a young age. I mean, even, you know, age 25 to 30, it seems like, you know, you had your focus and you were determined to be successful. That led into... Uh, a lot of the character that you have today and probably some of your upbringing, but let me ask, how, how, from Hungary coming over to America, how did you make that transition? How did you end up over here in the United States? Well, I met my husband, George, during his visit to Hungary in 1986 through his cousins, who were my closest friends. We hit it off right away, but George had to go back uh, home to America, his son, and the real estate business was waiting for him. Nevertheless, we kept in touch through letters and phone calls, and in the following year, George invited me to visit him in San Jose, California. Well, this is how it started. We got married in 1987 in Monterey. We traveled back to Hungary to close my business, sell or give away my belongings, apply for visa to America, and to handle all the bureaucracy that was involved with it, and there was plenty of, especially because I was bringing my 11 years old son with me. Well, we arrived uh, on October 1st, 1987, without speaking the language, having no friends, and only a few relatives on George's side. I felt like a fish out of water, I had to learn English, pass my driving test, learn how to navigate in supermarkets. The list for learning was endless, and this process didn't stop yet. I had to become active and productive. I was working in a wedding store, but doing alteration for the rest of my life was not my long-term goal. Wow, so you hit the ground running, it sounds like. Uh, you came over here, had to acclimate 
not being able to speak English. So I, I just out of curiosity, could you understand English at that point? Or was that a little tough as well? You know, I went to school for a year and studying English in Hungary. But unfortunately, it wasn't for conversational. So it wasn't very helpful. I could say, no, not really, especially not when you really have a conversation with someone. The pace is so fast when you are learning a language. So that was very, very difficult. Absolutely. So you, you come over here, you have to, like you said, get acclimated, uh, kind of learn not only the language, but how to navigate through some of the uh, businesses over here, all the way down to supermarkets. Um, you have your 11-year-old son. He obviously has to become educated and, and you know, back into schooling as well. And I know that uh, you had the background uh, in fashion. You had uh, some, uh, I guess, skincare, some health you know, care background as well. So my understanding is that you became a salon owner over here. So tell me a little bit, you know, how you got out of uh, doing the sewing, I guess, at the uh, wedding shop and then kind of started business for yourself. Well, I tried to resurrect my fashion business, but it became obvious after the first fashion show in Long Beach that why California Fantastic for Technology Companies, the center of American fashion is in New York and not in Silicon Valley. This realization ended my fashion business, and I made the decision to change into the beauty and skincare business. Soon after I received my esthetician license, I traveled to Spain to receive the best training available in the beauty profession. I started out working in the hair salon for 18 months, and in November 1991, I opened my own esthetician salon in Sunnyvale. It was a great business and I enjoyed it a lot. My clients became lifelong friends and I still keep in touch with most of them. Well, and I knew part of that story. Uh, you have shared that with me in the past. And I know uh, George was working and I believe, if I recall correctly, he was uh, kind of in the construction uh, side of the business, if you will. Then you ended up in the financial service business. So Marika, tell me, you got this fashion background, you, you went and got the skincare education and got licensed and you opened up your own shop and you're doing well. And of course, George is working his business. You have your son and I believe George has uh, had some family as well. Uh, how did you make the transition? What caused you to change to get in the financial service business that you're in today? Well, I was exploring the possibilities how to expand my beauty business when a financial question came up in our family. When I arrived here with my son, I could not foresee how my life was going to be in my new country. But I knew one thing. I wanted to give my 11 years old son a good education. For this reason, we were saving several hundred dollars per month. We use traditional saving methods of CDs and saving accounts, and we felt comfortable and responsible regarding our future. Eight years later, my son was accepted in college, and George and I were happy as parents could be. But after the first year, however, we realized that the money we put aside was not going to be enough to see our two sons through college. At the same time, we also realized that our retirement funds were growing at the same low rate and it will never be enough to be able to retire. Well, let me tell you, Shane, 
that was a very scary and painful realization. And the question came up, what can we do about it? As you said, George was uh, at that time in real estate, started his construction business. He was very busy and he suggested that I should take care of uh, this issue and find some solutions. But I had no idea where to start. I saw some advertisement for books on TV that promised to teach and inform the public on variety of investment strategies. So I went to the bookstore and bought three different books. Needless to say that after two months of reading, I was even more confused and not any closer to the solution. At that point, we decided to go to a financial institution for help. We went down to the financial office, filled out an application, and they sent us home with an account number and some mutual funds brochure and told us to come back once we selected the funds that were right for us. Just between us, if I had known what mutual funds were and how to select them, I wouldn't have gone and asked for their help. But make the uh, long story short, we blindly selected some funds, but we were very uncomfortable not knowing what the next step was. I kept asking myself, do I have to leave my money in these funds forever? Should I adjust it? And if I make some changes, then should I have to do it? Or why should I have to do it? So those and many other questions left unanswered. I had several uh, conversations with my skincare clients regarding finances, and one of my clients was a mortgage broker, and she urged me to take some financial-related classes. So really it was a combination of trying to figure out for yourself what you wanted to do, uh, how you were going to get there, and talking to some of your clients in the skincare. And as you said, I I find it fascinating. You, You go to a financial office, they... They give you some stuff and say, here, go home and figure it out and come back and tell us what you decide. So uh, rather interesting. Um, but I'm sure all of that has played into, uh, again, how you manage your business and what you do for your clients. So as you started to look at the finance side of the world, um, of course, there's a lot of things you have to learn, right? You have to learn about taxes and stock market, investment options. Uh, there's a whole lot that goes into it. So as you started to go that direction. And I guess at some point you decided you wanted to take the classes, get the proper licenses and maybe uh, get into the business. But how did you make that transition? What kind of licenses did you have to go get? And and what makes you so passionate? You're right. Uh, I knew nothing about Wall Street or investing. Where I came from, there were no such things at that time. In Hungary, you had only one option, put your money into a saving account. But you know, Uh, the saying, when there is a will, there is a way. I created an action plan for myself for short term and long term. Time invested can perform miracles. So I invested my time to study many hours per week to develop knowledge and get my licenses. I was determined to learn as much as possible about investment and financial plan. After much of studying, I earned my Series 6, 63, 65, 
life and health and long-term care licenses. Then I made the decision to go for my Series 7 license, which is very difficult to get. Then I had to adjust my skincare business also to have more time to study. I hired an esthetician who took over my clientele, but I kept managing the salon. Studying become a full-time job, usually seven to eight hours per day. It took me eight months to prepare myself for the test, and uh, finishing this was a huge milestone to reach my self-confidence, enthusiasm, and passion towards the finances increased tremendously. The studying didn't stop yet. I'm learning technical analysis for the last three years, which is very helpful tool in this volatile market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes people who are not uh, licensed in the business may not realize all the education, licenses, time that you know, financial professionals like yourself spend to not only get licensed properly and get the right understanding in the business, but then also to maintain that education as we go forward. You know, every year uh, things begin to change. There's rule changes. Of course, there's tax law changes, litigation changes. So things that we constantly are having to stay up on. So uh, I know that you've become a student of the business and continually learn as we go uh, forward. One of the challenges I'm also uh, interested in, you probably had a little bit of a challenge because of the language you know, barrier and differences. Although you had been here a little bit by that time, it still uh, is not easy because there's new terminology, new language, and new uh, words in there that if you don't grow up with it, you know, what are options and what are puts and calls and all the other things that go along with our industry that we take for granted after you're in the business. But again, if you're not familiar with it or comfortable, things that uh, can trip you up, right? So now you're established. And you've got Future Legacy, which is the uh, name of your you know firm there. And over the years, you've done uh, quite well. So tell me what, what you do there that makes Future Legacy different and unique. Uh, how do you treat your clients? How do you build that relationship? You know, I, I guess, what's the experience that's different for a client that might come in to see Marika at Future Legacy versus uh, when Marika went to a financial office and said, you know, fill out these forms, here's your account and go read this and tell me what you want to do. So walk me through Future Legacy and then doing business with Marika. How do I... How do I do business with you? Well, when I started out, my plan was to set a 401k separate for business owners. But after receiving many referrals, it's gradually shifted over to handling the finances of individual clients. What makes Future Legacy different is twofold. First, the process that we use with clients. We created a one-stop shop approach with strong focus on delivering high quality and uh, very consistent service to the clients. We offer financial plans with the list of recommendations and the implementation of those plans as well. Our planning process takes three to six times of meeting. When I present the plan for the clients, I feel very comfortable and my clients also, because at that point, both of us know each other very well. Secondly, my life experience. If I sit down with the woman or single mother, I know what she's looking for, because I went through the same thing before. If I sit down with the business owner, I know what they are looking for because I've been there and done that. Growing up with my grandmother helps me to understand what people's goals and concerns 
when they think and prepare for retirement. And that is a big help for me also. Yeah, and I think that experience, as you said, that you can draw on helps you relate uh, to what other people may be looking for. But I think it also helps you maybe ask questions or provide them answers to questions that they may not even know what to ask. They may not know what it is that they need or what they're looking for. They know they want to be financially solid and successful and have enough money to take care of their needs or make sure that they have proper insurance if the unexpected happens, but they may not know exactly what that is or all the tax uh, advantages that they could take uh, into consideration. So in your business, uh, in our business, I guess, in financial planning, trust is a, a big factor. And how do you develop that trust with your clients? How do you make your clients feel very comfortable with you and your experience and your background? Well, you know, relating to client situation through my personal experience make it easy to develop good relationship with them. When I think of trust, many times a story comes to my mind. In 2001, I had an opportunity to do several seminars at Lockheed Martin Company. I teamed up with the regional director of a well-known financial institution to do it together. He was in the business for 35 years, and at our first meeting, he asked me, what is my goal in the financial industry? For his surprise, my answer was, I'm not sure if this business really for me, because this is a very uh, male-dominated business, and I have a very heavy accent. He looked at me with a big smile and told me both of those are great advantages for me. If he would look for a financial advisor, he would want a woman because they are not just doing business, but a woman also cares. About my accent, his comment was that people tend to listen to me much more because they want to understand what I'm saying, and therefore this is a big advantage again and not a disadvantage. I think everybody who meets me in my office for a meeting immediately feels that I care about them, about their family and their situation. I am just as excited and inspired to find solutions and create financial security for them than I was when I started, and I hope they feel that too. I'm sure they probably do. You know, I had the opportunity to meet you, um, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago now or so, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, it's been a, a true pleasure and, and delight working with you, Marika. And I, I would agree with what he said. I think, you know, you have that passion and the caring, uh, not only as a, as a female, but just as a person who really does genuine, had that genuine care for other people. I've, I've seen that uh, in you time and time again. Never be ashamed of your accent. I love your accent. It, it does make me listen a little more closely, you know? So uh, that's a good thing. You spend the time to really listen to other people. One of the things I've appreciated about you over the years is the interest you take uh, and, and real interest, not just uh, something that you say because it sounds good, but you take a real uh, interest in other people. Um, and I appreciate that. I know you've done that for myself and many of the other associates in our organization, and you really do genuinely care. And, and that shows uh, throughout all things that you do. So let's uh, wrap up here. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? If somebody said, hey, I, I want to reach out, learn a little bit more about Marika, your practice, uh, maybe start uh, doing business with you. How would they get in touch with you, Marika? Well, my email address is Marika at futurelegacy.com. My website address is www 
futurelegacy.com and my phone number is 669-205-7130. People around the country can uh, touch with you because of technology today. It affords us uh, the ability to kind of work with anybody, uh, no matter where they are in the United States. And I know you're licensed in multiple states. So please reach out to Marika. She can uh, walk you through her process and certainly answer any questions you might have together. So Marika, it's always a pleasure to have you on podcasts. It's a pleasure to have you as part of our organization. And uh, to wrap it up, I want you to maybe say something from your heart. Any last words that you kind of want to share with the people out there that might be listening? Where everybody's circumstances are different, but what is common to all of us that we are looking to find our peace of mind. Getting our financial future planned and getting on that road is one of the most satisfying jobs each person undertakes. On the other hand, putting it off can be the cause of great regret. I encourage everyone to seek the help of a financial professional whom you trust, who is experienced, and you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. And again, Marika, thank you so much uh, for being part of the podcast uh, program here at Gateway. I appreciate having you as part of the organization. To get a hold of uh, Marika and to do business with her, of course, visit the website at uh, futurelegacy.com. But also you can give her a call at 669-205-7130. Thank you again for joining the Gateway Podcast, Gateway Financial Advisors, Gateway Insurance Group, where we focus on taking the if out of life so you can learn to live and maintain your dignity. Marika, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Shane. It was a great time to spend with you. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed this program. GFA is focused on being a one-stop shop for full financial planning. To get more information about how you can join and be part of this winning team, go to www.gfainvestments.com or call us at 888 888- 939-9714. Once again, our website is www.gfainvestments.com or you can contact us at 888-939-9714. This has been a presentation of Gateway Financial Advisors Incorporated. And remember, focus on your maximum potential. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Podcast. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, Gateway Financial Advisors Incorporated, and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated.